Urban Dictionary defines romantic comedy as the most vile, insipid, sanity-destroying, horrible genre in the history of film. Respectfully, we disagree. I'm Samantha. And I'm Mia. And this is You Rom Complete Me. Wow. Wow. (laughs) She started doing the robot during the intro, and I wasn't sure I could make it through without laughing. I just wanted this opening to be as much of a journey as this movie was for us. What a time it's been, Did we watch the movie, or did we have an out-of-body experience? I mean, both. (laughs) This movie was interesting. I will, I, we've never done this before, but I was thinking about it. Oh, no. This movie does deal with sensitive materials in the, like, middle third of it. So, we're going to do a fun, okay, interesting trigger idea. warning trigger for this warning. episode for suicide. Yeah. So, you'll see how that works into this, what was told to me was going to be a romantic comedy, which... Don't spoil the first question, me. I Don't mean, get ahead of yourself. They told us you'd never have more fun in a motion picture, movie-wise, love-wise, laugh-wise, or otherwise-wise. But I don't know if that's true with how the middle third of this movie went. <sighs> so, <laughs> The Apartment. It's the 1960 film starring Jack Lemmon and Shirley MacLaine. Yes. Should we give a little synopsis? Give a little More synopsis. detailed synopsis? Sure. Oh, I'm doing You're it. You're gonna do it. You're okay, better great. Than I am. So this, I never do this part. film is about Cece Baxter, played by Jack Lemmon, mm-hmm. who has been working at this insurance company, Consolidated Life Insurance, in New York, New York, baby, mm-hmm. for the past four years. And in order to sort of get his toe in the door to become a junior executive and hopefully mm-hmm. one day a big ass executive, yeah, that's he right. He <laughs> has been loaning his apartment to the bigwigs at the office for their extramarital affairs. Gross. Uh, so he spends a lot of time not in his apartment because they're up in there schmoozing, drinking the liquor he's bought, Smushing. having a good old time. It's terrible. And so finally, after all of this has gone on for months and months, he finally gets sort of a like foot in the door. He's going to get his own office. Things are great. Mm-hmm. And he has mm-hmm. this crush on this elevator girl, Fran Kubliak, who is played by Shirley MacLaine. And though he's interested in her, she's not interested in him because she is having an affair with one of the other bigwigs at the company. And they use his apartment and just terrible things ensue. Are men the worst? Yes. This movie asks and answers that question. Yes. Yes, they are. The number of times after we watched this and during we watched this, we were like, they're just fuckboys. They're just fuckboys. They're just fuckboys. The title of this episode, but we're not actually going to title no. this episode that. Oh my gosh! The, instead clarify, of the apartment, the fuck boys. <laughs> semicolon a fuck boy story. Uh, yes. Uh, even the main character, who is less of a fuck boy than the other fuck boys, <laughs> is still a fuck boy. How many times can I say that in one sentence? Go back, take a shot every time we say fuck yeah, boy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You'll have Mom, about you, as many. <laughs> Mom, are you proud of me? <laughs> We act- <laughs> characters in this film. Yep. We actually had to FaceTime my mom after. It's a really deep brief with Deb. Yeah, because I felt like she, she, this is a movie that she she watched. And yeah. to be fair, we decided that if we were watching this as not a romantic comedy, uh-huh. maybe it would have been a different experience. But because we were watching it under the guise of a romantic comedy... It was an experience. Yeah. Someone needs to change the Wikipedia entry that says this is a romantic I comedy. I mean, we, we could. Okay. 
Should we delve into the first question then? It segs very sure. nicely. Samantha, is it a romantic comedy? Is this movie a romantic comedy? Can it be a rom-com when the middle of the movie deals with a suicide attempt? Can it be a rom-com when every man in this movie is a fuckboy? <laughs> Can it be a rom-com when kind of nobody ends up together in the end? No. But then what the hell is this movie? I, it, dramedy? It's definitely drama. Does it earn any of the comedy the endings of anything. I mean, it thinks it is does. Is it funny? It was very bleak. <sighs> yeah, it was. We were really exhausted at the end of this film. I just stomped around my kitchen just saying, what a journey. What an adventure. We what had, did we just do? We had to eat M&M's. It was just. It was stress eating, I think. It was, <laughs> it was traumatizing. I ate a whole pizza. <laughs> and we don't, we don't even like, we don't even like the main character for Shirley MacLaine. Right. I don't think Mr. Baxter is meant to be with Miss Kublik. Right. And there's... He just thinks of her, he just sees her as, like, this cute elevator girl and doesn't imagine her. Yeah, the elevator girl was the 1960s version of the Manic Pixie Dream Girl. Yeah, absolutely. The cute elevator girl with the short hair and the gloves and the sassy, the sassy attitude. Made me tired. (laughs) Okay. Old movies make me tired. The sequel. (laughs) I kind of want to, like divulge something that you told me yesterday. It's in the notes. Oh, <laughs> it's it is? coming to oh, me and I will yay, talk about yay. it. We'll discuss the old movies later. Oh, I'm excited. Uh, okay, how about that, the meet cute? The meet cute. So they don't really have an on-screen meet cute. We hear about their meet cute, which is they meet in her elevator. He's the only one who gives her even a modicum of respect. Yeah. She doesn't always, make him good. He always takes off his hat. You know, they always have like a nice friendly banter together. He knew her back when she was just working in the local elevator and not the express elevator. One funny like congratulations. <laughs> what do you, do you want a cookie for that, sir? One funny a side fucking note metal? <laughs> about this movie is there's like there's a lot of statistics in this movie because the guy works in like general accounting right. and over 31,000 people work in this building and so everyone has sort of staggered hours of when they come in and when they leave just so that the elevators aren't yeah. rushed. Wasn't it 8:50 to 5:20 or something? Yeah, something so it's like not 9 to 5. Something it's just like ridiculous. Slightly off so you can get up and get out and get over it. Yeah. <sighs> What's next? Oh god. <laughs> Does it fly in real life, Miss Samantha? Um probably. Probably. <laughs> Definitely in the 50s. Yeah. I mean, if I've learned anything from Mad Men, they have a lot of parties and they have a lot of extramarital sex. Yeah, and I was talking to James about this this morning. Shout out to James, who definitely doesn't listen to the nope, podcast. never has, never um, will. <laughs> but it's interesting about how open it was, about how gross the behavior of these dudes is throughout the movie. You were shocked, actually, that the film was written by two men because yeah, you suspected it's like, it being by women because it was so awful towards... It's kind of like you watch Mad Men and you're like, well, that's not good. And you watch this movie and you're like, well, what they're doing is not good. But it's shocking that it's not, like, glossed over and, like, aren't they? Woo, look at these these cunning guys. It's kind of like these guys are gross. They all have wives yeah. and, like, they know that they're doing not a good thing. Yeah. And so does the main character. Like, he knows that it's not right. Yeah. Which I find refreshing for the time, perhaps. Yeah. No, it is. It is interesting. One thing for sure, I've learned that Christmas parties at office buildings in New York in the 1950s and 60s were a wild time. Yeah. According to movies. They go to town. (laughs) Desk set and the apartment have led me to believe that parties were bomb.com. Yeah. Who knew? 
I don't know, if you worked at an apart apartment. <laughs> if you, you worked, worked at an apartment. If you worked in an office building in the 1950s or 60s and you had a roaring good time, email us at youromcompleteme at gmail.com. Get your grandchild to help you with that email. Yeah. How old would you have to be to have done that? Okay, so let's say you were 20 years old. 20 years young, Samantha. Okay, so in, let's say, like, 1952, which is, I think, when Death Set came out. So sure. you were born in 1932, um, which means that you are 68 plus 20, which is 88 minus 1, 87 <laughs> years old. Math. Com. Are you proud of me? All that math I that just was did. Great. Bum, 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 bum. I am proud of you. Um, so they could be listening. Unless I'm wrong. Unless you're wrong. If she's wrong, email us with the correct math. No, at don't. You don't. Don't. Maybe. I know I'm not good at math. <laughs> I know I'm not good. Ah, uh, so okay. it it uh, the, pretty realistic. Pretty realistic. A lot of drama happens off screen, mm-hmm. uh, such as the. The big wig of the company, Mr. Sheldrake. Uh, a fuckboy. A fuckboy who's having the affair with Fran, the elevator girl. Uh, apparently he has gone through a long list of uh, office girls, one of them being mm-hmm. his secretary. And his secretary finds out that he's having an affair with Fran and she gets fired by Mr. Sheldrake uh, for divulging too much information about his past affairs to Fran, which makes Fran upset and Take a lot of sleeping pills. Take a lot of sleeping pills. In the titular apartment. And so in a response to that, his secretary goes straight to his wife and tells her all the gritty details of yeah. what happened between him and all his various female employees. But you don't get to see any of that. I wanted yeah. to see Mrs. Sheldrake get pissed and kick her husband out of the house. Yeah. We see his suitcases in the office. He's but... like, we're getting divorced. I'm like, bitch, you're getting tossed out on, yeah. your, on your high knees. You were forced out. You never would have. One of the lines he keeps saying is he's like, I'm going to leave my wife. I'm going to leave my wife. That's what they always say. And yeah, that's what in they the keep movies, saying. I have no like real world that's fine. interest in that. That's fine. Um, so did it age well? Hard to say. Well, <sighs> No. Well, it's interesting because now I'm, like, considering this question in another light, which is, like, did it age well, like, to our modern 2019 Mm -hmm. sensibilities? This definitely did not age well. These men are terrible. They're awful. They don't know how to treat women in their lives. Women are objects. It's not great. Uh Uh, But in a sense, have men really changed (laughs) that much? Maybe a little bit. There are some good ones out there for sure. Yes. But not all men. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> perplexed. So for yes, the time no. it was authentic, I'm guessing. That's the other way I was thinking about this question. Like, did it age well? Like, did it was it a fair representation of the time period that it was recorded in? In which case, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I feel like somebody could make a movie about this concept set in the 1960s and it would be similar to what this movie wound up being. Although I don't think it would have been ha-ha, jokes, no, jokes. It would it have been more of like a takedown. It definitely would have been more dramatic. So, that's fine. Did you fall in love <laughs> when I watched this movie? It's a, a no from me, dog. <laughs> I think last night when we were going through the questions, I was like, don't even ask it. No. We're going to just skip over that one. I did. Same with Are You Rethinking Your Life? Definitely not. <laughs> I did love Shirley MacLaine's haircut. She and was I, very cute. And I loved that she um, 
like chopped off her hair to sort of get rid of the man, which is yeah. interesting because I've been watching the Netflix series Terrace House, okay. and they were talking about how like in Japanese culture, like <sighs> Michael's gonna love your this. feelings are like in your hair, uh-huh. and like you have to chop off your hair to like get that out of the way. Mm-hmm. Um, Tori. Our dear beloved friend Tori introduced me to Tara's house when I was visiting her last week. Uh-huh. And, Everybody um, had such a fun time. Well, someone was here pining, staring out the window at the rain. Alone. I work all the time <laughs> when you go on vacation, and I am so sad. Alone. You don't go visit. I don't go visit our mutual friends. You go visit your millions of friends because you're so yeah, popular you're and have so many friends. Out on that. You could have come with me. Uh, no, next time. Hey, Tori. Hey, next Tori. Time. We're coming back. <laughs> okay. So we're not rethinking our lives. We did not fall in love while watching this movie. How about some favorite quotes? Because we did have a couple. (laughs) Never wear mascara when you're dating a married man. That seems like some sound advice. Or maybe just don't marry a married man. Don't marry him. Don't date him. Don't Don't marry a married man. Don't marry a man. Don't marry at all. (laughs) That's the lesson I gained from this, this, this movie. And the other quote that I liked was that's just the way it com- it crumbles cookie wise cookie wise uh, there they was were a- doing a lot of thing wise yes laugh wise movie wise otherwise, otherwise wise, wise. <laughs> at one point they said October wise November wise they just added it yeah. as sort of like a it's a, jargony a you know it's for like, that time mm. period I also wanted to point out this is not a fair quote but I feel like it fits in this section mm-hmm. is they did a lot of repetition of like different ticks the characters did mm-hmm. that other characters would do. There is an example when CC Baxter is at a party and he's had a couple of drinks and Fran goes, how many drinks have you had? And he holds up four fingers and says three. Mm-hmm. And then there's another scene where she does the exact same thing to someone else. Um, they sort of like echo each other's mannerisms and, yeah. you know, reactions. You particularly liked the speech scene. Yeah, at the end. He's practicing, practicing, practicing what he's going to say to Mr. Sheldrake the, when he's going to like go up and be like, I got good news. I'm going to take her off your hands. I'm in love with her. And when he gets up to the office, Mr. Sheldrake says, Mr. Baxter, I've got great news. I'm in love with her. I'm going to take her off your hands. Like the same, the same exact words that he was practicing, which is very funny. Ha ha. Comedy. Yeah. Ha ha. Jokes. So much <laughs> comedy. Samantha? What was the rom com in this film? Dare I say there was no rom com <laughs> in this film, Mia? Dare you say it. I dare. I dare. You. I dare. You dare. There was no rom com no in this film. The apartment was good. But what was happening in the apartment was not good. So let's talk about what's happening in the apartment. It's not very cute. So men are bringing women to this apartment. To smush. To smush. And eventually. They all have lives. Yep. Yes. Anyway, eventually Mr. Sheldrake gets in on this bringing his mm-hmm. extramarital affair slash mistress to the apartment. Yeah. And so he brings Fran to the apartment and Cece Baxter finds out because he found the same broken mirror at the apartment that Fran later offers to him to use. She says such a good line, I'm paraphrasing, but he's like, it's broken. Why don't you get it fixed? And she's like, I like looking at it. It reminds me of me. <laughs> Which is a very me or line. <laughs> I like that you're broken. Broken like me. <laughs> anyway, eventually at this Christmas party they have at the office, Fran finds out that her 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 lover, Mr. Sheldrake, has been saying... Hate the word lover. Continue. <laughs> sorry. I mean, Fine. that's what she like calls yeah, him. I know. <laughs> she finds out that he's had affairs all these years, and he always tells the girls he's going to divorce his wife. And so... 
he always needs to be on that 714 train to White Plains. And so it's like Christmas Eve. They're in Baxter's apartment and they sort of leave things on like a bad note. And so she goes into the bathroom to wash up and instead sees a bottle of sleeping pills, which she then immediately takes. And we cut to Baxter eventually coming back to his apartment with a woman after he's had 13 drinks. 13 martinis. According to the olives on toothpicks at the bar. And he finds her in his bed with the empty pill bottle. Fortunately for Cece Baxter, his next door neighbor is a doctor. Fortunately, he has the presence of mind to go get the doctor even though he's had 13 martinis. So he becomes a hero. He saves a life. Yeah. And then she has to recuperate at his right. place for like 48 hours. And then they get to know each other a little bit better over the course yeah. of that time. And and he like... He also has a tragic backstory where he, too, yeah. tried to kill himself over a woman, and he shot himself in the leg by accident. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of tragic backstory happening in this one small apartment. Yes. And it has a very ambiguous ending in which mm-hmm. uh, Baxter has gotten all his dreams. He's, like, the assistant director of the whole company, and then he decides that it's not worth, like, loaning out his apartment to all these big wigs um, ever again, particularly yeah. not to Sheldrake and Fran. And so he quits the job yeah. and leaves. And uh, when Fran finds out that he did this, because she has gotten back with Mr. Sheldrake now that he's getting divorced. A fuck boy. She, on New Year's <laughs> Eve, like Harry before her, well. Harry after her, <laughs> but Harry before her in my heart. Harry Burns. First in <laughs> Runs everybody's through heart. New York City to his apartment to play gin rummy, even though he's packing up to leave because he's just got to get out of And when place. she's going up the stairs, because he has been packed up, you see that in a scene, and she's going up the stairs, and you hear what you think is maybe a shot. And we were shook. We were like, oh, shit, this is going to end with him killing himself? Mm-hmm. This is bleak. But luckily, it was just a bottle of champagne that he had popped for himself. And yeah. then they play gin rummy. Because in a previous scene, you see him, like, taking out the gun and yeah. putting it in, you know, a box. Because that's oh, how you carry guns. So perplexed. <laughs> Would you watch this film again? Uh, no. No. I'm just going to keep making Nothing could make me watch this no, film I'm not. again. Good. I, I did it. Um, let's, let's imagine what happens to this What if I don't want to imagine what happens next? I'll imagine what happens next. They go to Albany. (laughs) That's my suggestion. I know. I think they would have to leave New York City to make it work. They're both from non-New York adjacent places. He's from, like, Cincinnati, and she's from Mm. Philly? I don't know. Some other place. Can't remember. They would have to leave New York City and get out of this rat race and get out of all the pressure of being a person in the 1950s or 60s. Because I feel like that was pretty stressful. This is where I was going to talk about His Girl Friday. Because, you know, Bruce was going to take her out of the big city to Albany, the greatest place in the world. Oh, Bruce. At which point I asked (laughs) Mia, would you ever consider? And before I even finished, she said yes. And what is she saying yes to? Yes, she would rewatch His Girl Friday with subtitles. I think that really made it a struggle for me. Oh no, it was it was the second film on our list. It was we were young. The podcast was just a twinkle in our eye. We didn't even know it was going to happen. We didn't know that we would be what thirty eight, thirty nine episodes in at this point. Who knew? Who's counting? Not us. Not us. Maybe you. If you are, email you us. us at at leave me at gmail.com. Actually, this is number 39. So Ooh, almost 40. Almost 40. Almost 40, Florida and thriving. <laughs> doesn't work as well as 30, 40, and thriving, work. does it? Shall we 
take a little jaunt over to the tropes corner? Oh, I would love to. Let's talk. Let's talk. Let's talk some tropes. Okay, that's a new one. You're not gonna do t t t talking tropes. You just did it for me. T t t talking tropes. Wait, should we do it together? No. On the count of three. One, two, three. T t talking tropes. Your enthusiasm is infectious. They can feel it through the microphone. Yes. Now we're just gonna preface this by saying we did not want to give any of these tropes a full point. We wound up doing it for a couple, but we were. We were basically nothing. Gets we didn't want to give them full credit. A full credit. It's not at all. welcome. Fuck you, movie. <laughs> all right, you go first. Grand gesture. He saves her life. She runs through New York City. Point five. Great misunderstanding for comedy. His neighbors think he's a fuckboy because of all <laughs> these women and men that show up at his apartment. They don't see the men for whatever reason. It's mysterious. They only ever hear it through the wall. Point five. They've been here all along. They've known each other for a long time, I guess. In the elevator, but never did anything romantically together. Point two five. Calm down, workaholic. Full point. He works he really late. late. But he's, he only is staying late because he can't be at his home. But he's and it's also winter. He, he, it's snowing out. He is a and workaholic. Okay, go. He, that's from a chorus line. <laughs> he also is a workaholic because he's he's doing all these extracurricular activities in order to move up. The ladder, the, the business race. world. So yeah. we'll give him a full point for that. Quirky Jewish doctor neighbor. He's a BFF, perhaps. He yes. saves a life. He doesn't report it to the authorities. Point five. Point five. Hidden agenda. Yeah, the apartment is a sex den, so <laughs> he can move up ranks in the office. Yeah. We've got a love triangle. We're going to give that a full point as yes. well, because he is in love with her, and she is in love with Mr. Sheldrake, who is in love, question mark, with her. In lust. Gross. Men suck. We also have a give it all up for love in that he does give up his job for her. Yes. But you know what she gives up because we haven't mentioned it yet in this movie? My respect for her. No, that as well. (laughs) But at the very beginning of this movie when Mr. Sheldrick wants to borrow his apartment, he gives... Cece Baxter, two tickets to a musicale oh, that is yes. playing on Broadway. And what is that musicale? The Music Man. Yes. And Fran a stands him up. I know. If only she had, if she had gone to see The Music Man with him, she would have realized the error in her ways and just gone with him. This movie would be entirely different. Fake it till you make it? Question mark, question mark, question mark. So after her suicide attempt, she's in the apartment. The yes. doctor thinks that she is his girl. Yes, as and does his so wife. Everyone, he then fakes that that is true to, like, keep it above board. I don't know why that's better. Like, oh, yeah, I, I ran around on my girl to the point where she wanted to kill herself and end her life is better than, oh, no, I rent out my apartment to men who suck. Yeah. I think they're equally bad. <laughs> so. Yeah. I don't know. We'll give it a point two five. Okay. We're going to give it a full point for New York City. Start spreading the news. You love it's winter. Her. It's great. Continue. You love her. You don't even know her. I just would like him to imagine him more. Imagine her more complexly. And rather than an object. I'll take her off your hands. Okay, Ugh. bitch. She's not a sandwich. You don't even take a sandwich off someone's hands. <laughs> I know. That's like, how rude. rude. Um, and then definitely tragic backstory as well. Yeah. She's fallen in love with married men multiple times. And a guy who's in jail and will he be tried out to kill in 65. He tried to kill himself over his Someone best friend's Someone really girl. likes Fidel Castro. Yeah. It's just a romp. 
And by romp, I mean a wild journey that I can't unexperience. <laughs> yeah, I would choose to forget it, honestly. Okay. Shall we, instead of doing tropes, go into our corner where the fire yeah. is? Let's go into our corner. The fireplace corner. Ooh, it's really, it's really fiery today. Wow, look at that fire. <laughs> a little hot in my hands. All right, all right. Enough. Let me do my sound effects in peace. My favorite fun fact, not fun fact, my favorite thing that I had to Google during this film <laughs> was he's on the phone. He's like, don't worry about it. There's Tom and Jerry mix in the fridge. And I was like, what is Tom and Jerry? The cartoon the mouse and cat? No. No. It's a mixed drink that I looked up on liquor.com, which listed the difficulty of this drink as complicated. Which means I will be attempting to make it. Um, it requires two pounds of sugar to make the batter that goes into this weird hot milk drink. And there's like six egg yolks and six egg whites. And sugar. And, and nutmeg. And cream cinnamon. of tartar. And you gotta whip things into stiff peaks. You like rum and hot milk and it's crazy. If you want to experience this for yourself, you should come to our party that we're definitely gonna have and potentially might even send out save the dates for wow. to celebrate the end of this goddamn podcast. Are we gonna have our picture on it? Wait, what do you mean the end of this goddamn podcast? The end podcast? of the first year of this goddamn Thank you. podcast. Thank you. Thank you for clarifying. You're welcome. Samantha said she'll make the drink. Now I'm making her yep. stick to it. We're putting it on the, the air. Drink. Listen, so this B, Mr. Baxter, yes. in his apartment, he is a bachelor, so he doesn't have things like a colander. Instead, he has a tennis racket, Ugh. which he uses to strain pasta. Men. And so if he can manage to make Tom and Jerry mix in his, like, cracked well, I think up they apartment. Used to, like, I don't think he made the mix. I think you could buy Tom and Jerry mix in the 1950s. Where? Just, like, at the drugstore? I think so. I'm going to look it, it up on so Amazon.com right now. Let's see if Jeff Bezos can give me some. Oh, shit. $25.99. cents. That's a one Mr. star. <laughs> Trader Vic's. Who's Trader Vic? Is he like Trader Joe's? It looks weird. It comes like in a jam jar. Description. Great tip. Use liberal amount as a glaze on ham. <laughs> I feel like anything that is used as a glaze on ham, you probably shouldn't drink just like for fun consumption. Oh, no, definitely. And it's not. a holiday drink, right? Oh, the the one review, the one star review is broken jar. <laughs> one of the jars was received broken. Thank you for the one-star review, Julie M. She bought it in August. We should do this. Okay. Anyway, we're moving on. Anyways, I digress. we already mentioned that there's a Music Man reference in this film, which is very exciting for me, yes. personally. You love the Music Man? I we do love, love the Music, music man. man. We, we stand, stand the Music, music man. man. And we're like, <laughs> next year we'll be there at the Music Man. And you said, so oh, will Wolverine. So will Wolverine. So will Wolverine. We're all going to be there together. Uh, something... Oh, do you want to talk about your fun fact you learned? Yeah, I mean, the musical Promises, Promises was also based on this film. Yeah. Yep, and um, that weird office scene happened as well. So they're trying to show how big this the office, is huge. office room is with all these little corporate cogs and the corporate yes. wheel. Jack Lemmon is at the front of the shot at his desk. Behind him are like two rows of full-grown adults at their desk. Behind them, in real, like not in the film, world but in the scene there are children at smaller desks just in tiny suits just in tiny suits and ties and then behind them there are tiny like puppets in suits 
Yeah, that they could move around. That they could control. So this goes on and on so that it looks like the office is much bigger than it was. baby. Wow. The movie magic. Movie magic, indeed. I shook you and myself when I announced that this film won Best Picture in 1960. At the Academy Awards. Not only Best Picture, (laughs) it won multiple awards. It was the first film, and I think they said like the last black and white film, to win the trifecta of Best Screenplay, best director, and best movie. They also won, I think, like art editing and a couple of other things. They had five total. And it was on so many great lists, like the American Film Institute, great comedies. And I was just like, who was watching this movie? How did they decide that this was the best one of all the movies in the year 1960? I mean, I hadn't heard of any of the other ones on the list, but I had heard of this. So there was a John Wayne movie on the list. Uh, I don't know if it's Oscar caliber. I wouldn't give it that. It's fine. I still am perplexed by it. This morning, the first time we saw each other, we sat down for a meeting. You were like, do you remember that fucking movie? <laughs> Last night, I texted you, do you remember if we watched that fucking movie? And it was literally like 15 minutes after I'd driven back to my apartment. Yeah. My apartment. Yes. The apartment. The apartment. Another smattering of, of fun facts. Yeah, we just have some fast and go. loose ones fast here. Fast and loose. This movie was filmed right before Christmas, um, during the Christmas party scene to get everybody in a festive mood. Mm-hmm. Jack, uh, not Jack Lemon. The director of this film was Billy Wilder, who you may know as a director of many of Marilyn Monroe's films. Mm. He was like, I didn't have to do any work. I just said, go. And people were festive. Great. Uh, Shirley MacLaine, speaking of festive, mm-hmm. learned how to play Jane Rummy on set. It worked its way right into the film. Yeah. A lot of things that happened on set were worked into the film because it wasn't quite fil- finished before yeah. um, they started filming. And yet won an Oscar for writing. Yeah. Who's to say how that happened? Uh, do you remember uh, how many times she got slapped in this movie? Yeah. So after the doctor <laughs> makes her vomit up the pills and makes her drink coffee, yep. he slaps her in the face about, I don't know, 20 times. Yeah. And apparently they had actual doctors on set for the authenticity of this moment. And they kept telling the actor to slap her harder because it wasn't hard enough mm-hmm. for an actual doctor to wake her up. Great. Jack Lemon also got punched. Yeah, it was in the, in he the was scene supposed of acting. to dodge, but he didn't. So the actual take they used was the take of him getting punched for real by uh, his by Fran's brother-in-law. What a wild time 1960 was. And like we really have to emphasize how much of this movie was surrounding the like post-suicide moment. Yeah. So much of this movie so much. At least 20 minutes worth. It was a two-hour movie. I think it was at least minutes. a third of the movie. Yeah. 40 minutes. That middle bit. God only knows. Yeah. Um, and like other bleak things, for Jack Lemon himself, they had to spray him with antifreeze to do the outdoor scene where he's like in Central Park in yeah. the night when it's it was cold. below freezing. Yeah. And so they recorded cool it anyways. for him. What it must have been like to be, to be an actor in these early days of film. Glad I'm not. Yeah. We're both not. Clever, both not. But I'm glad I'm here with you, bud. I'm glad we experienced this together. Yeah. A little snack for my little snack. <laughs> a little treat for my little treat. We call each other these affectionate <laughs> names when no one's around. And now you too. And now you too are in on it. All right. Should we move on? We should. Moveon.org. And what are we moving on to? 
a hue for one. <gasps> it's back, baby. You Woo! thought it was over, but it's returned. returned. It's returned. So next week, we're going to watch two Hugh Grant movies for the price of one. They're always free, but they're even more free next week. Um, we're going to watch Nine Months. A 1999, 1995 film. Sure. And then Two Weeks Notice, which is a 2000 and I'm going to say five. You, I think you it's a earlier me. than that. Really? You think I 2002. was... 2002. 2002? I was 12 when I saw this movie? That's mm-hmm. wild and crazy. All right. So first up, next week, on Tuesday, who's to say, what is this movie about? Nine months, starring Hugh Grant and Julianne Moore. When he, being Hugh Grant, finds out that his longtime girlfriend is pregnant, a commitment phobe, realizes he might have to change his lifestyle for better or much, much worse. So that's nine months. So get your get your your ears ready for our thoughts have on that. Have you seen this one? So I believe that I have. A long time ago. I think it was like on TV in the in the nineties when mm-hmm. I was a child. Um, I think that there's a car accident scene. And oh, no. I remember him being a fuckboy, so I can't wait. Let's let's will he ruin wear him. will he wear glasses in this film? I don't know. We should have created like a Hugh Grant bingo Trope. card at the very beginning of the podcast, and then could. we should have drink whenever he does. There something. are more Hugh Grant um, movies to come. Movies to come, so we can yeah, do that. I shall not forget. Okay, we shall well, not, not forget. So glad I met you. Okay. Anyways, Mia. Before we go. Did this film <laughs> yes. rom-complete you? I'm going to go with no. <laughs> this movie rom-complete you? No. She just shook her head quietly in no. shame before she said that. No! Okay. But there's people out there. <laughs> they can't hear me. You don't know that. I don't think it's soundproof class. I know it's not soundproof, but nobody turned around and looked, so Great. it's fine. Excellent. All right. And with that, where, where can they, they find, find us? us? Jinx, you owe me a soda. And now you have to do it because I'm Jinx, so I'll be quiet. Oh, no. You can follow us on Instagram or Twitter at RomComplete.me. Know you at RomComplete.me on Jinx. Where can they email us? <laughs> they can email us at youromcompletemy at gmail.com. With a U. With a U and a Y and an O. Yeah, and thank you to <laughs> our listeners who have emailed us. Thank we you very much. appreciate it. Did you ever email Megan back? Nope. I should do that tonight. We're I was on vacation. I'm sorry. That's true. And I was going to leave it up to you because she is your friend. Thanks, bud. I okay. appreciate it. Thanks for stopping by we this hope you... podcast corner of the world. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed this week's episode and you'll join us again for our next fireside chat about <laughs> nine months. Bye. Bye. <laughs>